It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, everybody. Good morning on such a day. What a day, what a day, what a day. Today is the sixth day of November, and it's like three days after the elections, and we're still talking about the elections. Like, the votes haven't been tallied. We still don't know who the president is, because the Republicans took to their legislatures in Wisconsin, in Michigan, and in Pennsylvania to make sure that we have a result that we're seeing now. They delayed, they took to their legislators and demanded that mail-in ballots not be counted until after the election. Imagine that. And now they dare to talk about voter fraud when there is no evidence of voter fraud anywhere. They dare to talk about votes being cast after the elections. It can't happen because the polling places are closed after the elections. They're so disingenuous, it is unbelievable. The Republicans created Donald Trump, made Donald Trump president, promoted Donald Trump and Trumpism that has further left this country divided. Today is the 6th of November, but the good news is if we hang in there until the end of the day, we're going to see that Joe Biden will be the 46th president of the United States. It's only a matter of time. It's coming down to a matter of hours. Joe Biden has taken the lead convincingly in Pennsylvania with a lot more votes, less than 130,000 votes left to count in Pennsylvania right at this moment. There are less than 130,000 votes to be counted in Pennsylvania, and Joe Biden has convincingly taken the lead. And that does not include what is going on in Georgia. He definitely is going to get Georgia and Nevada. Arizona, uh, I don't know if he's going to hold on to the lead. It looks a little iffy there. Trump can take that all he wants. We still got the Senate seat in, in, in Arizona, though. Uh, Mark Kelly, Gabby Giffords' husband. Remember Gabby Giffords, the congresswoman from uh, Arizona who was shot in the head? Remember her? Because she dared to stand up to bigotry? Right. Remember her. Well, her husband was an astronaut. He's still an astronaut. He went to space and came back and decided to make a difference. Well, he got voted in. So we got that Senate seat. And he ran against um, Martha McSally, who is a Republican person who obviously can't win a Senate seat. (laughs) So she's out. (laughs) She couldn't convince anybody that she was worth voting for, so she's out, right? And so we, we get to this place now where we're looking at the election results and we are asking ourselves, what happened in America? Who voted for who? And we, we, we come to this point where even I had to ask myself, why do people of color vote against their own self-interest? Uh, the conversation has been going on about uh, Hispanic voters and Latino voters who voted for Trump en bloc in Texas and in South Florida. Trump who placed Hispanics in cages, Trump who took, took, put children in cages, who disparaged against Hispanic voters, called Mexicans rapists and, and gangsters and, and all kinds of stuff. And yet Hispanic voters went and voted for Donald Trump. 
Why do people of color vote against their own self-interest? I was a little concerned about the Muslim American vote uh, because one statistic I had read was that they voted for Donald Trump, 85% of them. But I gather that's in in one state. I'm not sure which state is that. That could be Texas or uh, Florida. But I checked the statistics and found that 69% of Muslim Americans voted for Biden. One statistic said 70%, and this came from the Council on Arab-Islamic Relations, the CAIR, CARE. They said that 69% of the Muslims whom they interviewed voted for, for, for Joe Biden. So they kind of got off with that because I was ready to take them on because, after all, Trump did go after the Muslim uh, group and called everybody a terrorist and, and, and said that people were uh, terrorists and people are... Uh, all kinds of negative things, and they they should be banned. So I was just about wondering. But, but the question still remains. I have my TV on uh, the vote in in the background on MSNBC. We are looking for a Joe Biden win any day now. It should perhaps happen within the next couple of hours. It made me want to ask the question: Why do people of color vote against their own self-interest? That's something that we need to talk about. And let me give you a breakdown of what happened in other communities of color in. Detroit, 79% black voted for Biden. Detroit is 79% black, they voted for Biden. Uh, Atlanta, 52% black voted for Biden. Philly, 42% black voted for Biden. And Milwaukee, 38% black voted for Biden, voted for the Democrats. So when you look at it, black people in America get it. They get it that even though the Democratic Party still does not respond to all the issues that the Black community has in America, still they are a better choice than a racist bigot who continues to espouse and who continues to say negative things about the Black community and who continues to say that Black people in America should not have the right to vote. Last night, the president, I don't know if he was trying to I don't think it was a concession speech. I think he was just giving a speech in reaction to the fact that maybe Biden had just given a speech. But he said that Detroit and Philly are corrupt cities. The man has never set foot inside of Detroit in four years. How dare you talk about Detroit? Don't put, you know, as Rashida Tlaib said, take your, the name of my city out of your mouth. That ain't no joke. That is a truth. That is, that, that is true. Take the name of Detroit out of your mouth. He never set foot inside of Detroit. He has done nothing to enrich the lives of Detroiters except to promote an agenda that continues to marginalize Black people in the city of Detroit and in America in general. And yet you want to talk about Black people in Detroit. Don't, 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 don't go there with that. Black people in Detroit, in Wayne County, Michigan, handed this election to Joe Biden on a platter. Black people in Philadelphia, Black people in Atlanta, Black people in Milwaukee, And if he gets Arizona, it's going to be the people of color in Maricopa County, Arizona. If we get Nevada, it is going to be the people of color who voted for Joe Biden. So the Republican Party then is kind of pushing the attention away because they don't want to be held accountable that it is their racist agenda that engendered someone like Donald Trump to run for office, that provided Donald Trump with a platform to continue to espouse negative rhetoric and racist rhetoric from the bastion of the White House against the people of this country. 
We know Donald Trump does is not a student of history. We know he doesn't know history. And he does not respect any of America's political processes. He does not even respect the political processes of the government that he supervises. Therefore, he's not going to respect the place of black people in this country. This country first began when white people came and kicked Native Americans out of their land and then brought black people here as slaves to work the land to make white people rich. That is the history of America. One thing this election has done, thanks to Donald Trump, it has shone a glaring light on the fact that people in America are divided. We are divided. 55% of white women voted for Donald Trump. To date, is 68 million people voted for Donald Trump. You know what that tells us? Biden has about 73 million of, of the popular votes. But when it's all done, he's probably going to have more uh, votes than any president in history. Trump is going to get more votes than any Republican president in history. That is shocking. A man who let a global pandemic kill 235,000 Americans and that number is going to continue to climb. And still you voted for him. So white people as a group vote for their own self-interest, the furtherance of white supremacy. Yeah, and the furtherance of white domination. White people continue to do that. But people of color vote against Donald Trump. I saw this morning where a statistic is that 12% of black people voted for Donald Trump. I think that's a little less than what they thought in 2016. It was 13%. No, it was 8% in 2016. Uh, so now you have to ask yourself, why do people of color vote against their own self-interest? Nobody black should ever have voted for Donald Trump. I don't care how much money you have. You should never have voted for Donald Trump because as a group, you've got to understand. I think this is the point that people of color miss. So you might be living in, 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 in a neighborhood where the homes are valid at maybe you're feeling yourself. So maybe the homes are valid. At, let's say they're valid at a million. When you look around you, all your neighbors are white. But what you're not understanding, because a lot of these people are new to new Americans, right? So they have been here in the last 20 or 30 years. They have not imbibed the racial context or internalized the racial context that America is. So they don't see that white people, though they tolerate them in their neighborhoods, they tolerate you because you are not organized as a group and you don't have an element that will bring guns and drugs in. Racism. The second thing you don't understand is that white people see you for exactly who you are. They don't see you as part of them. They see you as being other, but at this point, they don't know if you're going to be a problem to them. But they will tolerate you that doesn't mean they welcome you. That's what people of color do not see. They're typically people who have been here 30, 30 years. 40 years, they start getting the picture. 30 years, they, they still think that, oh, well, I earn money. I get back some huge tax returns. He's not talking about me. Yes, he is talking about you. It's only going to be a matter of time before white Americans turn on everybody else whom they perceive are getting wealthy. The problem here is that white Americans have put systems in place. We call them white supremacy, systemic racism, pillars of oppression. Let's just call them that, right? These are pillars of oppression of the white supremacist regime that has been continuing. It's historic. 
It is what it is. So they have put things in place and systems in place to marginalize black people because you did not exist in America at the time when they were creating the marginalization process. You simply just did not exist here. Now that you exist here, it's going to be a matter of time before you become a part of that. People like South Asians, a group of South Asians, for instance, in Texas, I was a little surprised that Texas didn't go blue myself because uh, South Asians vowed that they would vote for Biden. Well, where did your votes go? I want to see that. Did it really go towards Biden or when you went in the voting booth, you went and voted for Trump? Because you see yourself that, well, I'm upwardly mobile. So this does not apply to me. And you, you, you don't see the historical context because you're like, well, that doesn't apply to me either. I wasn't here three or 400 years ago. But that's exactly the problem. The problem is that you are here. And what is going to happen eventually, you will become part of the marginalized group. Now, the only thing that's going to save us all is that by 2050, the minority will be the majority. The problem is power still rests in the hands of Mitch McConnell. He didn't lose his Senate seat because he rigged it and he stole it. Yes, I said it. There's no way Mitch McConnell won that. He stole some votes, right? Because he's in charge of Kentucky. So he stole some votes, right? But at the same darn time, though, you have to, you you say to yourself, when are they ever going to get it? Well, you're not going to get it until you get it. When you do get that racism will impact other people of color because you don't see, some of these groups don't see themselves as people of color. Their classifications are white. So if they're Arab American, they consider themselves white because there's nothing on the census that says you are, it says you're either Latino, Native American, uh, Pacific Islander. They're not ticking off other on these government forms. They're ticking off white. So therefore, to their minds, despite their ethnicity, despite their nation of origin or where they come from, they're still considering themselves white. But that's not how somebody from Kent County, Michigan sees you. They're looking at you and they're like, huh, just like they turned the needle on black Americans who have become upwardly mobile, who have somehow escaped slavery, escaped racial oppression and economic oppression, and are moving forward. It's the same way in which they're going to turn the spectacle on you. You're not going to escape it. It's, in other words, what we're saying is this racism is inescapable. As long as white people hold the power, even when the population count becomes so that brown people, black and brown people are the majority, white people still have the power. They still have the power of banking. They still have the power of, politi- of politics and they still have social powers. What Donald Trump did was he exacerbated these situations. In other words, he made it worse. But that doesn't mean that it did not exist. In fact, it very well existed. And it is going to continue to be, uh, to be, to, to be a problem, right? So now I'm asking all, I, I am still throwing this out there that why do people of color Uh, continue to vote against their own self-interest. It's because of how they see themselves. For instance, Cuban-Americans, yeah? Those people down in in, in South Florida, you know, right in the middle of South Florida, right there. They're outside of Miami-Dade County. Those people see themselves as white. 
because on the government forms it says white Latinos, doesn't it? Yeah, it says white, 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 Lat- white Latinos. So they see themselves as white. These are the people who escaped Castro. But let me just help you out a little. A lot of those people have died out by now. The people who came here in the 1950s and the 1960s, they're, 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 they're on their way out. It's their children and grandchildren now. So I was a little surprised that they voted uh, they're not more progressive in terms of their politics. They vote Republican because to them Republican is, means white. So in other words, for people of color who vote against their self-interest, those are the ones who see themselves as white. This is why white commentators uh, can't get it because to their minds, you are not white. You are only white if you're white. You're not white if you're Latino. <laughs> you are not white. So th- they can't wrap their minds around why uh, people, people like Latino groups would vote uh, for Trump when Trump is busy decrying Latino groups, it's because those Latinos don't see themselves as being people of color. They identify as white. In their own minds, they identify themselves as white, but that's not how the wider society sees you. I wish you could wrap your mind around what I'm saying. We, however, black people, however, we know who we identify as, and we are very clear on where the needle is. This is why black people, regardless of where we come from, the fact that we walk around in the skin that I am in, when it comes time to go in a polling booth and cast a ballot down, we know exactly where that ballot needs to go. Even if, even though we don't like all the politics of the Democratic Party, even though we are going to have to work together to eradicate systemic racism, we still would rather, there. It, it's not the lesser of two evils. It really isn't. We still would rather vote for a party that has some history of not oppressing black people rather than to go deal with the obvious and blatant racism of the Republican Party. The Republican Party, our typical uh, white slave planter mentality, you know, they hold you, they smile in your face, but they're busy stabbing you in the back. How many of us are around white women right now who are friends, you socialize with them, you work with them, they supervise you, you supervise them, they even come to your house. Are you now going to ask them, did you vote? Are you one of the 55% who voted for Trump? I guarantee if you were to take a poll of all the white women around you right now and ask that question, every one of them to your face is going to say, no, I don't know where that statistic came from because they know you can't see whom they voted for, but they did. They voted for Trump. And a lot more white people voted for Trump because America has not dealt with the fact that we're moving towards a class-based society. See, the elements there are not just racism, but it's also classism. People of color who are middle class and upper middle class do not identify with people of color who are not upper middle class and who are not middle class. They tend to identify and see themselves not just white, but they tend to see themselves as being better than their other uh, their their uh, uh, people in their ethnic group. So therefore, they're going to vote and copy and model the behaviors that they of the group they aspire to be a part of. You know what we call that? We call that siding with the oppressor, the oppressed siding with the oppressor. Because people of color 
outside of the black community don't have a clear view of the fact that you are oppressed. The reason people of color come from other parts of the world and come here and enjoy anything is because black people first made those advances. And black people first fought for equality and leveled the playing field where you can see things like you are employed based on your, not because of your, no discrimination based on age, color, nation of origin. Black people fought for that. So now you can enjoy it to make it a more equitable and a more uh, equitable system. So you are benefiting from the work of people who are black and people who are who have done a great job. We're lead, uh, Biden is leading in Pennsylvania now by 6,800 votes, and they still have more votes to count. So it's now nine, 10 o'clock, 1020 uh, Eastern time, I suspect by about five this evening. Should have it should be it's going to be resounding. They're probably going to call it by three o'clock today. So that would mean that that part of it is over. The count is not going to stop. It's just going to continue. But it's we would have re, we would have elected uh, Joe Biden as the forty sixth president, and that is something. It is very interesting when you study these racial dynamics in groups because it's interesting how people view themselves and see themselves. It's interesting how people have, once they have assimilated into American society, how they side with the side that they want to be a part of. I am not oppressed. It's almost as saying, I'm not oppressed because I have a million dollars in the bank. I have access to two million dollars. Therefore, I'm not part of the oppressed. What you fail to understand is that this was, while it was economic, this was first based on color. Let me back you up a little bit. 200 years ago, whiteness was defined as Northern European. So if you were from the countries of England, France, Germany, Spain, you were considered uh, white. When oppression began and those numbers began dwindling, white people, especially here in America, began looking at other people. And so 150 years ago, even under Jim Crow, People from Slovakia, people from, from Sicily, people from some other parts were not considered white. They were considered ethnic, but they weren't part of the white mainstream. The context of whiteness began to evolve. So the context of whiteness, you must understand, is the color of the skin, white and black. The closer you are to white, is the more they absorb you into that. And so now you have all kinds of people from some parts of Southern Russia and some parts of Southern Europe who come to America and are immediately classified as white, whereas in their own countries, they're considered ethnic. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. So at some point, we're going to have to overhaul that classification. Why? Because it has given uh, people uh, uh, not just an unfair look, but it has made people assume things about themselves that are not going to work in the culture wars that we're encountering right now. We have a culture war going on. And whilst a lot of people from Arab lands or who are from, you know, Saudi Arabia, well, they don't emigrate as much, but uh, people from Lebanon, Yemen, Syria, and so on, who have assimilated into our society now and view themselves as white and who therefore think that they're not part of the oppressed class, they are part of the oppressor's class. That is what is driving this, this field. 
towards people of color voting against their own self-interest because you don't understand racism as a social construct in America. That is the basic problem. Uh, the Council on Arab-Islamic Relations has a very good understanding of race relations. They understand the racial construct. They understand the racial context. And they try to communicate it to their members in a way, but people are individuals. So somebody will say, I don't even belong to that. That's for other group of Muslims. That's not me. I earn half a million dollars a year. My assets are over $3 million. I don't need that. At some point, <laughs> you are going to be reminded of your color. So right now, you are living in America's suburbs and so on, and they tolerate you. They don't want to be unkind to you because you're you know, probably a doctor or an engineer, and they don't know if you are not their doctor kind of thing. So they tolerate you, but that doesn't mean you're welcomed. That doesn't mean that they see you as part of their racial construct. The racial construct in America is centered around blackness and whiteness. We need to get that understood. So if your skin color is trending towards black, you're part of that racial construct as perceived by white people. This is why the white anchors are like, I don't understand how Latino voters could ever vote for, uh, for Trump. Well, that is exactly why, because Latino voters don't see themselves as anything but white. And I'm not just talking about the ones from Venezuela and so on. They don't see that culturally America has grouped them into a group called Latino or Hispanic voters. They just look at the color of their skin and say, well, I look like that guy over there, so I'm white. And the politicians just say, mm-hmm, let me get your vote. But they're like, treat them as a group of Latino voters. That's who they treat you as. They're not treating you as a group of white people. They're like, but you're Latin, so you belong in that group over there. You see where I'm coming from? So we got to get to the stage where we understand, for instance, that we need to be able to put ourselves and understand the racial construct of America as we go forward so we can eradicate systemic racism. Because just like you, maybe some of you are self-starters, you own your own businesses, so you feel like you have crossed over. But your children and your, some of your family members are paying the price for the racial oppression that exists. And when I, you know, I'm from the Caribbean, so naturally for, for my folks, it was like, well, we're not, you know, we don't have a bone in this fight because it doesn't apply to us. And then we found out that it did apply to us. We thought culturally as a group, because we weren't part of the history, that it didn't apply to us, but then it does. It, see, systemic racism is the application of facts. I read a story about a young woman in Detroit. She's Arab-American, and she was working in marketing, very talented. She worked for one, a large company, and she consistently was not being promoted by the, by, you know, white people were always getting promoted. But to her understanding, she was better than a black person because her skin was not black, and they, she came from a middle-class background, which is another myth that has to be debunked because people are like black people are not. Where do you all get that from? They're middle-class and upper-middle-class black people. They're millionaires who are black. They're not all entertainers. They're just ordinary people. So what is the hell caught up in this idea that black people are all 
living on a, you know, our, our came off a plantation and everybody is poor and don't have a pot. What, what's with that? So here she's trying to prove and thinking that society was going to accept her simply on her merits. And then when it became apparent that they weren't going to promote her into the positions that she thought she qualified for, she left corporate America and went and started her own business, right? But at the same time that she started her own business, she still identifies as white. Her classification, because there's no classification on the census forms for Arabs. So she's going to say she's white. So culturally, while she recognizes that there's a racial construct and socially that there is something, but when it comes to voting, she's going to identify with the oppressor because she views herself as part of being the oppressor. You see what I'm saying? So so when you look at this, you, you, you break, it, it's something that social scientists over time are going to have to break down in order for us to get a handle of why do people of color vote against your own self-interest. People of color should vote and block for our issues. Uh, look at it from how uh, the wider society sees you. They see, they deal with you as groups because as far as they're concerned, the dominant group is white. That's where the power lies. Whoever has the economic power is the power, right? So they're looking at it like there is, there are these many people and this is how it looks. So what I am going to do is I'm going to identify with this group, but that's not how the power brokers see you. Stay together. We can get more done. Because we can say, well, these are the issues in this community. Let's address these issues and get it done. I'm, 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 it's looking like Nevada is about to release some more, uh, more stuff. And Atlanta is about to give some more information. And about time, too, don't you think? <laughs> it's getting interesting out there. About time. About darn time. They're about to make some, uh, they're not going to call uh, Nevada in a bit. They're not going to call Nevada just about now. It's just crazy. It's a difference of something, right? So, so now you see, and even with the elections, look at how the elections pulled out. The elections were won by the Democrats because black voters in, 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 in major cities voted for the Democrats. That's how come they won. If people of color like yourselves don't unite around this idea that you must represent your interests and form huge voting blocks, you're not going to make it. You think that assimilating and disappearing into the society is going to suddenly evaporate your otherness and evaporate your unique identifying ethnic group. It's not going to work because the way America is structured is different from the society where you come from. A lot of people of color come from other spaces where in those spaces, based on the color of their skin, they were the ruling class because they were, in those societies, based along colonial lines, they governed according to how your skin color is. Then you come to America and find out that it's a very different dynamic that operates here. The operating dynamic here is you're either white or non-white. It's that simple. And so if you don't form yourselves into a group where you can identify your issues and vote for your issues, you're going to lose your cultural edge. So when the society starts turning on you, you won't have a place for you to go to so that you can 
you can get what you want done. You see where I'm coming from? And that, my friends, is as down to earth as I can get. It's that down to earth. You come from places where in your country of origin, you were the dominant group based on the color of your skin because your skin was trending toward being white. And you come to America with that mindset and think that that translates into Americanness. No, it does not. In America, you're either white or non-white. And if you are non-white, then you are going to be treated as non-white when the time comes. You saw it in the Republican Party. There were a group, one of the most interesting things that emerges right here in Metro Detroit <laughs> when the campaign started last year, there were a group of people who were Chinese for Trump. I kid you not, there were a whole group of people in Metro Detroit, Chinese for Trump. Then came the coronavirus, and Donald Trump called it the China virus and the Kong flu, and made all sorts of disparaging remarks. Then the, the pandemic hit, and those people had lost, practically lost their businesses. Shifted the dynamics. Prior to that, they were trending because they thought they were the ruling class where they came from and they thought it translated into being part of the ruling class here in America. It does not. It simply does not. I'm going to leave you with this quote from Bob Marley. Bob Marley said, until the philosophy that makes one race superior and another inferior, until that philosophy is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned, there is always going to be confusion. That's as down to earth as I can get. My name is Harry Kimmick. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.